Hello. Hey, Merlin. How are you doing this fine afternoon? I'm fine. I'm fine. It's it's very it's hot here today. It's going to be 77 out here in my neck of the woods. Oh boy, man, you are you are suffering. Is it time? In that oh, heat. really? Oh, is it time to do this again? We can do this again. Sure. As, as often as you want to do it, I'll do it. Hey, quick question: Do you have air conditioning? Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. love my air conditioning. Oh my god, that's so funny. No one here has anything approaching air conditioning. I know, isn't that weird. Oh my that god, it's almost like it's a different place. Oh my <sighs> god, uh, what is going on there? You got a lot going on in Texas. I am lucky to keep this house in the 70s. The air conditioning systems are only designed to take about 15 to 20 degrees off ambient temperature. And today it's 102 in Austin. So inside my house. You moved to Austin. Do you remember that? I love it here compared to uh, Florida. But, But if I can get it into the mid to upper 70s in my house, I am a happy camper. Is it, and is it, um, I don't like to ask you pers- personal questions because I honestly. You can. No, I honestly do not want to know. The, um, <laughs> is, is the house the, in which you reside a fairly. Yeah. Mm, is it a pretty modern house with like good ceiling? I mean, as in like good seals on doors and windows? Is it like double panes, all that kind of stuff? Or like you live in a hovel like we do? We basically, we basically no, live it's... in a lighthouse from the 16th century. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. No, it's, <laughs> I would say it's fairly new. Today. <laughs> I, let me check. I think it's, this house is maybe five yeah, years. Uh, so you've got old. all the mod cons. That helps. I bet that helps a lot. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah, there's it's, a, it an does. item that we probably won't get to today. I'm, I've been thinking about what it is that makes something a successful, you know, you get the successful kinds of technologies that do something brand new, maybe like an iPhone, for example, in 2007, mm. uh, and yes, you, like, yes. you overlook a lot about how young and the, the technology is. And there's other kinds of things where you're like, woof, do we really still need fax machines? And then there, there is, at a lot of points, things that try to bridge to eras or technologies, and some are more successful than others. Um, and that's why in Florida it's so rough. It's one thing to live in Atlanta in like a Gone with the Wind house, or like where you've got giant windows and giant ceilings and all that kind of stuff. But the place you live when you're in like student housing in Florida, like if you don't have really good air conditioning, you're going to die because they're like Steve Jobs windows title. They're like they're like windows that were never really made to do anything but like get rid of the smell of a very small lady's fart. They're, they're not uh-huh. there to create a like cross ventilation, you know what I mean? And like I it's 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 if you're going to live in the things if you, then this does get back to that original joke not joke I was saying about, you know, it when it's 77 in my neighborhood, it's rough because it was never designed to be a 77 degree neighborhood. Oh, this right. is a very solidly 51 degree neighborhood. And it's not a problem because as my lady and I were saying today, it really is like maybe, I won't say three days, but perhaps three times a year that we really could, you know, go down to the garage and have to drag out a couple fans. Um, so yeah. that's fine. I mean, these were, my place was built in the twenties to be a house in the twenties and it's still mostly fine now, except for not being able to do anything modern. It is a lighthouse, but, um, but you know, the problem is when you get something that was designed, if, if you are just, if you're trying to design your dorm at the beginning of, you know, uh, central HVAC, um, Right. You know, if you're Steve Jobs, you want all the windows to stay totally closed. It makes it look weird. It makes it look like a ghetto if one person has their window open. Might as well hang your underpants outside. 
You know, it's just our um, and this is probably a dumb no, question, please. but are like wall are uh, window units a thing? Um, I could not tell you the. I mean, they exist, right? But like, I it's not a common thing at all. Now, with that said. I mean, if you're in an office building, especially if it's built in the last 40 years, it's going to have air conditioning. I mean, like my office has heating. Our house has heating. They're both almost uniquely inefficient and ineffective. You get heat, but because you need that because it gets, you know, it's pretty cool here a lot of the time. Um, but no, you don't see a lot of window units. I think that's what Syracuse does for his house. It's always a whole big thing because right. he's got to bring his giant, heavy, sharp um you know, units down, but no, I mean, you don't see, I don't think you see a lot of those because again, it's actually kind of, I mean, you know, it's a weird thing people say, especially when they move to Florida where they're like, oh, I miss having seasons, which I think it sounds silly, but I mean, seasons are going to happen whether you want them to or not. That's, you know, life and time and stuff. But the idea that, oh, you know, you can tell it's almost time to go back to school or like you, you know, here, like it's dark so much later now it, there is that period in June of every year where it feels like, like there's a time change inside the time change. I mean, you ever notice that? Where suddenly it seems like it starts so much later in like a week, at least here anyway. And we see the sun. It's out over that big ocean outside our window. There it is. Hello. If you can see it through the fog. But um, the, uh, the seasons are such a lovely thing. And I think that's a way one thing COVID took from us is that idea of being able to, not just through climate and weather, but through like that feeling of, oh, and then that, this is the time of year when we do this. And this is the time of year when we do that. And I think one thing that makes childhood such a special memory for me, like growing up in Ohio is like, yeah, there's a good chance it might snow around Christmas. You know, there's a, there's going to be leaves that are falling off those beautiful big trees around the time school starts and that kind of stuff. Whereas, you know, some places I've lived, like say Florida, it feels like it's either like irradiatingly hot or just, you know, a cold that you're just not prepared for suddenly cracks yeah. out of nowhere. My grandfather, my uh, maternal grandfather, the guy I mentioned in my talks who worked at Cincinnati Gas and Electric and turned off people's electric for 35 years, then retired. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he, uh, he was from South America. His, his family was from London, but he was born near Jonestown, what would become Jonestown in British Guiana. Anyway. No kidding. Really? Oh, yeah, true story. Uh, yeah, he's super racist, but, um, and I'm, I, I mean, no, I mean like, he had like a, like he was an omega level racist, but the, <laughs> <laughs> up there with Jean Grey. <laughs> to borrow a term from Marvel, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was yeah, an omega yeah. level. He can make a whole planet of blacks disappear. Right. That's right. And he'd be, tri he'd be tried by Professor X's girlfriend with the cool hat. No spoilers. <laughs> Gene! Scott! Gene! No. Um, but, uh, but, uh, but, uh, oh yeah, so he liked to, you know, so, so, <laughs> he and my, uh, my, uh, grandmother moved to, <laughs> I'm told this was not a personal slight against me, although I do sometimes wonder. They moved to Florida when he retired, like, not long <laughs> before I was born. They left Cincinnati and moved to Florida. And they were always selling us. I'm like, it became a running joke in the family. Christmas in Florida, Christmas in Florida. You got to come, come down here. You pick oranges off the trees. Well, actually, Grandpa, those are, those are juice oranges. They're not really eating oranges, but that's fine. Um, but anyway, everybody thinks, everybody thinks people walk around in Florida eating, eating oranges off the trees. Like, no, those are for orange juice. They're not for eating. Come to California and be uncomfortable if you want those. But, um, but he also, Christmas in Florida. Christmas in Florida. So 
my father passed away uh, in 1974. We spent that Christmas with my aunt and uncle, of course. And then the next Christmas, we're like, you know, what the hell? Christmas in Florida. And Grandpa continued the bit. Okay, we're going to be coming there for, I think, maybe almost two weeks, whatever Christmas vacation was in, you know, right. 1975. And, uh, and, oh, Christmas in Florida, Christmas in Florida, because that's, that's the bit. And it's like, well, you know, like, how cold does it get? And this is before the internet. You didn't know what temperature it was anywhere else. You'd, you'd get, you know, news and traffic on the fives, you know. Find out somebody got <laughs> right. stabbed at the photo mat or whatever, but you wouldn't hear about what on the reg what the temperatures were like. And because Grandpa was our primary source for this information on our Sunday calls, yes, after five p.m., uh, we would get <laughs> these are all of my old man bona fides. Remember that song, old man bona fides. And anyway, um, <laughs> you got that one? Did you uh, yes. capture that? Yeah, okay. no, I got that. Um, what, 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 you know, um, um, you know, my mom's like, Dad, you know, what, you know, what should we bring? What are we going to be doing? Da, da, da. Oh, just bring a bathing suit and flip-flops and you'll be fine. And in fairness to my uh, very deluded grandfather, there was an unusual cold snap in Clearwater, Florida, that particular Christmas of 75, if memory serves. But mm. basically, we were utterly unprepared because we continued to buy in to, to uh, I call it the big lie, that Grandpa uh, told us that it would always be 80 degrees, but yeah, comfortable in Florida. We no. froze our behinds off. We had to go to Sears and, and get me clothes from the Husky section. We had to go to mm. Sears to get me clothes because we had just... You know, it's a different time, Dan. You listen to what your elders yeah. said. You do. You do what you they do tell, what they you, tell to you to do. do. Grandpa says, bring a swimsuit, you bring a swimsuit. Otherwise, right. I'll tell you, go, go cut me a switch. I'm from Jonestown. This is real. <laughs> That's right. You know, the People's Temple has been replaced by a post office. Uh, maybe not the worst thing. I guess. I rode my bike out one day because I kept telling my kid, every time we would bring my kid home from school, we'd drive through this area near the Panhandle, and I'd say, hey, you know, um, I'm pretty sure this is pretty near where Jim Jones's People's Temple was. And then finally one day I said, what the hell? And I said, hey, Dingus, take me to this particular address on Geary Street. And you know what? It, it, got, it got hurt. The building got hurt. First of all, A, it's right next door to the Fillmore, the famous, you know, music venue, the Fillmore. At the corner of Geary yeah. and Fillmore. And it's like yeah. pretty much right next to that. It got damaged. The People's Temple, such as it was, that had been closed since then, got damaged by the big 89 mm. earthquake. Remember when, uh, I believe it was that uh, uh, Bay Bridge series where it was the, the, the Gigantes uh, uh, playing the, uh, the A's, the, the Oakland A's? Mm. Of course, 89, yeah, man, of course you remember? remember that, of Embarcadero course. Freeway yeah. goes down, boom. Yeah, anyway, earthquake damage, they knocked it down, and now it's a very, very ugly post office. But there's a really good bakery next door, so you know, uh, life will find a way. <laughs> that's right. That's what. Uh, that's not. That's not Ian Malcolm. That's uh, uh, Doctor Attenborough says that, right? Who says life finds a way? Life will find a way. Who says uh, that? That is Ian, Doctor Ian Malcolm. But he's also wanted to worry about why you never ask if you should, right? Yeah, you don't ask if you, you, you don't ask if you should. You ask if you could. You never bothered you to ask. That. We're having a little bit of a Jurassic Park phase right now. My kid at length mm. has finally. I kept saying, "You can't say anything to your kids." My kid finally, after two years of me bugging my stupid kid to watch Russian Doll and going, Guh, "I don't want to watch this." Guh. We've watched, but I'm a teen, uh, teen uh, but I'm a cheerleader. Wonderful movie starring Natasha Leone, half a dozen times. 
And still, I'm like, hey, you know, you know, the uh, uh, Megan, I think her name is. She's really good in Russian Doll. You should check it out. It's really good. It's got it's got that uh, hipster vampire from what we do in the shadows. Birthday baby, she's in it. Oh, right. And I'm nice. like, you should you should watch this. <laughs> oh, you know, and I I'm about to say, you know, it's just like, and, and then my kid goes, yeah, I know Toy Stories and chocolate. I didn't used to like those either. Okay, fine. I walk out the other morning. Guess what? My stupid goddamn wow. kid is sitting on our burrow couch watching. Is up to S one E three a Russian doll, and, and you know what? I've grown, Dan, hmm. and I merely went. Yeah. Urgh. I didn't make a huge deal about it. That was the whole sound that you made. Well, instead of "Are you effing bleeping mother scratching kidding me?" You ki- now you you're watching it and you're doing it with. <sighs> so that worked out fine. But uh, what did this have to do with Jim Jones? Um, Everything has a little bit to do with Jim Jones. Oh, boy. Um, um, oh, just in, in passing, this is in band. We had a little bit of, I think we had a little bit of a cock up perhaps, with last week mm. where I, p- perhaps we had started a new episode. And this is not your CMS's fault, but I think some bookmarks that were supposed to be in last week's are in this week's. So we've got a little oh. bit of Mr. Show taped in uh, Colin show situation going on. But... Um, with regard to, I'm not sure how I ended up here at all. I've been preparing all morning. Oh, yeah. But, you know, but the point being, I say, hey, look, you know, Jurassic Park, first of all, it's Steven Spielberg. You know, the guy's got some skills. And and yeah. my, my, my kid knows enough to know that that is accurate, but not quite, has not seen enough to go, Jesus, is there anything this bastard can't do? You know? Um, and, and happily, there are parts in the first Jurassic Park that do really remind me favorably of Indiana Jones, I have to say. Anyways, uh, got into Jurassic Park, and I'm totally, and what I'd said was, what what I said to the kid was, look, this came out in like, I want to say 1993, and I think I'm probably not the only person that thinks, I cannot believe how good this movie looks for 1993, right? I'm not trying to do the whole like, oh, CGI movies, but like the, whether it's practical or whether it's CG or whether it's both, the Velociraptors are legit terrifying. The way you could just, you can imagine so many people with those little like remote control servo two stick things, like seven different people running the T-Rex's head. Like, oh, it looks so good. And that's how we ended up doing some Jurassic Park logo, uh, Lego rather. So now this is a Lego for the recent Jurassic Park movie. I'm not sure it matters. It's mostly just dinosaurs. But uh, boy, I, I had two big points this week uh, that we won't get to because I don't have time. One is when, I, when I'm impressed by technology or what have you, even culture, but especially technology, the, the rare thing that succeeds at bridging uh, an old technology and an emerging technology in a successful way. And the other thing, I think I'm going to do write something or say something about this sometime. You know, you know that bit. This is part two, by the way, Dan. You know, you know, like when, when I'm when I'm ranting about certain kinds of things, like say, for example, Apple TV, and I'll say, for example, uh, I I feel like I can tell that I love this more than the people who made it. That if the people who made this love this as much as I'm trying to love it, or as much as I in mm-hmm. fact need it for its purpose. Like there are signs that like if this were a thing I was making and I wanted to love it, I mean, in an ideal world, the people who make something would love it twice as much as you. It's it's considered fashionable to say, oh, whatever my stuff sucks. But like, man, right. I if I didn't laugh at my own shows, I'd walk into the sea. You know, what's the point? <laughs> if you're not if you don't enjoy the stuff you make, why do you bother? 
And I was thinking, like, that's a, so the, the positive way to put that is sometimes you run into something. I'll do this one real quick and we'll be done with it. Well, you can tell how okay. much the person who make, made it or designed it, in this case, let's say, when you say make it about a Lego, well, I'm not talking about my kid and me. The person who put this thing together, um, I feel like sometimes you go like, oh, man, this person really did love this and probably really did care about this. And the thought that goes through my mind, just having been on teams in the past, I bet to get this the way they thought, not just the way they wanted. I bet to get this Lego set kit, the way they wanted it to be, the way they envisioned it as a team, I bet they had to fight a little bit. You ever get that? You'll be using something and you're like, whoa, that kind of thing doesn't happen by accident. You know what I mean? Unlike yeah. so many things on the Apple TV, that with, when you're using a product that you deeply love and feels intuitive, let's say it's just gotten an update, and you're like, well, first of all, as we used to say in the parlance, it just works, perhaps. But also, <laughs> there's levels of detail and, uh, as you say, fit and finish that uh -huh. suggest a person who really loved a thing. I'm going to send you a link. And by, don't, don't bother looking for this, anybody, because the tweet will be gone in six days. But um, I did... Oh, you have that? No, wait a minute. Pause. Yeah. Not pausing the no, show, no. but like pausing the, the stream of consciousness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What tool do you use Delete to tweet. do that? Delete. Yeah. Tweet. Pay for it. Get it. Thank you. Continue. Slip it. Reverse it. Um, oh, no. This is the Bro Thor set. I want to find the... The Bro Thor set is very good. It's got a little meek. It's, uh, it's got... It's got I, and by the way, have you seen my Planet Hulk comic? I can't find it. Do you have it? Um... The, the trade? Yeah, I, have yeah, yeah. I know. Like I got Planet and World War. I got them signed. Greg Pak. Well, I got Planet and World War, and I own every, every, everything on... Whoa. That was loud. Um, but I... And when I'm trying to persuade my kid, whether you're talking about a transmetropolitan or a morning glories or a preacher or, 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 or a killing joke or another inappropriate comic that you give with provisos that's inappropriate for your kid... Oh, Court of Owls. Court of Owls is on deck right now. I'm trying to sell Court of Owls right now. Just for what it's worth. I like to hand a trade. My kid doesn't like reading comics on a device and, and, and doesn't read 90% of what I suggest. But, uh, but uh, uh, yeah, if you find my Planet Hulk, let me know. I'm going to send you this tweet. Hey, everybody, don't bother to look for this. It'll be gone. Um, there's Dan. I'm clicking. So check out this dino. Um, this, I don't know what number this set is. But it's a, we picked it up at Target the other day. Dan, the set you're looking at here, and you know, maybe we can, I'll see if I can figure out a way to put these. I'll either put these into notes or I will put a link to this tweet that will have disappeared by the time it's next week. Okay, did you get what I sent you? I'm looking at it right now. Look at this dino. I want you to just notice a few things about this. Okay. Um, things you can see clearly here in this picture. Like, first of all, what you can't see is like how amazing that. The, the black area, like in the what would be like the insides of the dino. So what we're looking at right. here is and the uh, second picture. You can you this can is like see when you go better. to like um, you know natural history museum and you see like a skeleton of a dino, right? And um, several things I love about this: that internal area is so cool looking. So notice, for example, look at that tail. That tail is articulated. It's got several points of motion in the tail, which they didn't have to do. They didn't have to make that like that. But it's cool. It's like an actual toy, right? Now, look at those little, like, ribs. Those ribs are on little pivots. You can see my kid installing a new rib here, which you can't see super well. Look at the little feet. Each one of the feet has a claw 
that moves independently. Okay? I mean, that's nice attention to detail. And here's a piece I had personally never seen before. I've been a little bit out of the trade for a while. So look at the dino's foot, and do you see that little, it's like a, a circular black section where a white dingus has popped through it, and the just kind of like southwest of center on here? Uh-huh. Okay, yes. there's several of those. And you know what that is? Have you seen, have you run into these before in Lego? It's like... No, you know what? And I, I have some thoughts about it, but no, oh, I have I'd love not. To, I'd love these to hear that. But, but what you're looking at there, I, I thought there was like one of these in there. What that is, is a, I don't know what to call it, a clicky joint. It's a circular mm-hmm. piece that has probably 16 to 20 little notchy gradations such that when it pops into place, you can move it and it stays in place and it makes a clicky noise. There were several of these included with this. When you turn the dino's body or the head, it makes a clicky noise and then stays in the position that you moved it into. So then like, look at the next image. Yeah, you'll see, you can kind of see it better. Look at the second and third images, which are just photos of the book. Look at this goddamn thing. It was 30 bucks, Dan. This is a $30 set, and this isn't even all that was included with it. It's my contention, when I look at something like this, that somebody, somebody cared about this. But, you know, it would be nice to say, well, everybody cares about everything. I sound a little bit like Shirley on Community. No, I don't. But, um, <laughs> but that's, I looked at that. And then what's neat is a, um, a friend on Twitter then sent this. And this will not make a ton of sense if you have not seen the Jurassic Park movie. But I'm clicking. There's a link and click. Um, this is from um, uh, Dan Coulter, C-O-U-L-T-E-R. He's at Danco on Twitter. And he includes a photo, and he says, probably my favorite Lego Easter egg is in the T-Rex in the Jurassic Park set 75936. Are you seeing this? Mm-hmm. Yes. It has, and then you see this in the illustration, it has a tiny frog hidden <laughs> inside its body. Because why? Oh. Because the frog is what they used to complete the DNA strand. Right, the DNA from the frog. Who in the hell? You know what? A lot of companies, if this cost a penny, uh, like out the door, like including, you know, including everything. Right, they're not putting that in Nobody's going to put that in. You won't even see it. You won't even see it. What's the point? Look at this little face. This little dumb face. I'll tell you what. I've said this before. I'll say it again. I, 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 I don't see binary in anything, but especially Lego, the Friends sets, which are supposed to be like for little girls, consistently. Well, you know, the best sets. Oh, look, eBay eBay has these little frogs. Well, I'm uh, telling for you, we've gotten the frog. Hmm. We've gotten the frog. We've seen the frog. <laughs> what I'm telling you is if you want to just go dick around with some Lego this weekend or this t- t- today, fine. It's going to be a hot day. Go get a Lego. Go get a Friends set. You could pick one up probably. We, we, you can get like the very tiny sets. We got one recently at Walgreens for cheap, like real cheap, comes with too many figs. You make a little bridge. Girls got a scooter. Friends, right? Because girls like friends. But also, the friend sets are the best sets. I will find this for notes. The friends sets are beautiful. They're colorful. They have many, 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 many tiny, tiny parts. And you do things like make, and I don't know why this wouldn't appeal to a boy who likes making things out of little things, but whatever. Uh, You can make like a little, like a, a bakery with like a little rotating, you know, uh, pastry display thing. There's one where you make 
a, I think it's like a drink fountain that then turns into an organ where you can hit the keys. And it's like, they're all so clever and they come with flowers. They come with cookies, like all the tiny little one dongus tiny pop on things. So good. I like it when you can tell that somebody cares about what they're doing. It makes me happy. There's a frog, a frog that no one saw. No one saw a frog that no one saw. There's a lot of managerial misconduct going on at every... Like malfeasance? Nonfeasance and malfeasance. Mm-mm. But I think part of it is they thought, we're going to bring in this Ian Malcolm and he's going to rubber stamp this for us because he's the hipster doofus. Nah. You know? So anyway, it also it's got Laura Dern, who is the best ugly crier in Hollywood, as you know. I like it when, when people care about that. I have a couple other little things. Um, did, did I see we have a bye week from sponsors today? We're, we're all- yeah, we got a bye week. We can do whatever we want to do. Reason. There, I, I like nothing this week. That's how you can do oh, it. Oh, crap. Okay. Well, yeah. I got a couple things I could do. Should I keep going or do you want to leave? We already no, started. Hang, we might as well t- go. No, let's keep going. Um, I mean, do the same thing. Just do it to the, to the I gophers. Want- <laughs> oh, God. I was, I was reciting the scene in Chevy Chase's apartment or, you know, house to my family. Mm-hmm. My kids never seen Caddyshack. Uh, my lady friend couldn't hear less about Caddyshack. And I did the whole pool yeah. pond too. Whole thing. Pond, yeah. Pond, it's funnier when they do it. Pond would be good for pond you. Good for you. Um, I want to talk, here's some, here's, okay. So if we want to do follow up, we could talk about, I think this is actually not that interesting and could easily wait till next week, but updates on Merlin's bike journaling project, things people have suggested, things Merlin has tried, and a very uh, quick and dirty spec for what it is I actually want in a Siri based bike journal. I think we could probably save that for next week. Okay. I really, at some point soon, I want to talk about blot and um, uh, blot, which is a, uh, a thing for making a blog. Yeah, you'd have it in the notes in some kind of like a blogging tool, a next generation Yeah, I'm worried that, I, would, uh, that I, I will not be able to do anything but go on way too long about this, but it's my fun project right now, and I, I'd like to talk about that. Um, the other thing, you know what, let me, let me get the item one out of the way of item 1A, yeah. which is a good example of successful intermediary tech solution. Can I do that one? Yeah, I'm down okay, for that. First of all, sure. um, I should disclose. Um, um, disclose. I should admit mm. that I like yeah. Anchor products that pound for a n k e r that pound for pound as um, charging things, iPhone things. I I am pretty consistently very happy with things that I get from Anchor. Like I have Anchor things all through. So what are we talking about here? We're talking about. Um, they make, for example, the thing I have hanging off my Synology, which is just a little USB three hub with four USB three donguses that's made by anchor and it works. It works a treat. They make all kinds of stuff like that. Um, I think their website is a little confusing because as with e-bikes and America, people really like smelling their own farts about the names of their product lines and nobody cares about the name of your product line. I mean, it's like visiting the Sony website in the early 2000s. It's just, it's inscrutable. But the stuff that they actually make is terrific. And um, that includes stuff like they have a whole variety of different kinds of chargers for phones that are not powered. They have hubs for USB-C and USB-A 
And they have their own kind of like branded weird version called Smart IQ or something like that that supposedly makes it. I think it's basically, it's just spray on coating, but you know, whatever. Uh, and so like when I travel, like one of those always lives in my travel bag. It makes it so easy to, with a minimum of plugs, get a whole lot of different ways. Okay, so one frontier that I'm always interested in and uh, is, is the batteries that you can get when you want to charge on the go. Is it for an iPhone? Yeah, usually. Is it for one iPhone? Well, often it would be nice to be able to charge more than one iPhone. Cool, 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 cool. And, and you can get these as plug-in things, but I like the ones that you power up. And I've enjoyed models of this by Jackery. They make great, I think, on-the-go batteries of different sizes and capabilities. What's another one? Um, I feel like Jackery and Anchor make the ones I've bought the most. Um, and so for a long time, the basic idea was if, you, if you're going to Disney World and you want, if you've got a backpack or something, it would be nice to have a big, um, what is it, MAH? Is that the way you measure capacity? Like if you had a large capacity battery where you would mm. be able to, like when your phone's getting low, just carry it around in your backpack, plugged in, et cetera, Right. So have you, have you any brands uh, or, or types of this kind of thing that you've used and enjoyed in the past? Not, not really. I know that. No, that's, that's no, it's totally, it's totally fine. Uh, it was just to say that I have lavished several of these on myself. And of course, because I am me, I have spreadsheets. Mm -hmm. and I have a spreadsheet that shows. You can refer back to that. You can see. I find it really, I mean, just it's just my demon dogs, partly. It's not just my demon dogs, um, but it's between ADHD, anxiety, and demon dogs. Hmm. Mm. There's, mm. boy, I was going to talk about it. Someday in heaven, there's going to be a hell of a band. Uh, the, uh, but no, what that enables me to do is say, and I'm not going to pull it up because I'm not a monster, but I can say like, okay, what's this brand name? What's this model name? And stuff like the obvious stuff, like what kind of ports does it have, like for in, powering in, like, you know, charging the thing up, what kind of ports out, what kind of, but, you know, you eventually get into really interesting, to me, very interesting things like Anchor even at some like mid-level prices has these really interesting plug into the walls things that represent a total output of X. So it's good to know, hey, if you're trying to quickly charge your MacBook, don't also be charging something else on there. And in fact, you probably want something with bigger output than this thing has. I think it's useful. And I look at stuff like, again, milliamp hours, I think it's called, or whatever it's called, like total number of, you know, how much storage is on there and that kind of stuff. And I don't know. The last couple of years have been weird because you can see places like Anchor doing a totally understandable, straightforward thing, which is, and this is where we get to the crossover technology stuff, right? And Dan, I feel like we've talked about this where we're like with mm -hmm. um, keeping the travel, the go-to grab and go travel bag up to date it, it, in an ideal state. Back when I used to travel a lot and was very unhappy, I had a constantly ready to go bag of stuff, not because I'm in the CIA, but just because I never wanted to wonder like I had a whole separate set, anything that I would need for what I had, I didn't touch. I didn't use it for day to day. I didn't use it for day trips. It always stayed in this bag packed because, again, demon dogs. Part of, part of the splendor of the grab and go bag is you don't have to wonder if everything is there, if everything works, right? So it's not 
I mean, in the last two years, even during the COVID times, like, I know I'm going to want to charge an Apple watch. I know I'm going to want to charge, um, a pretty, you know, power intensive iPad. I know I'm going to, you know, et cetera, et cetera, an iPhone, all of those things. And it helps to have a canny understanding of like, once I'm in, in this case, let's say a hotel room, how will I do that? Well, the way daddy does that, I set up a hub at the generic desk or table area. And where also I have a folder for all of the uh, literature in the room. But the idea is, do you follow me though? Like it's, it would be like, think about any emergency pack, like anything for like, for example, should you wonder if there is even a spare tire in your car? Like, well, you, you probably shouldn't wonder that. God, I hope there's a spare tire. Okay, well, is the spare tire inflated? You know, is there gas in the car? Mm-hmm. Yes, there's gas in the car. You know what I'm saying? That's a Steely Dan line. Oh, I don't know. You recognize that's Kid Charlemagne. Clean this mess up, else we'll all end up in jail. The test tubes and the scales, just get them all out of here. And you shouldn't have to wonder that. Boy, is this ever a a pattern inside of my Mm. world? The knives go where the knives go in the kitchen. Like, you know what I mean? The plunger, for the love of Christ, please let me never wonder where the plunger is. Because the second... The very second that two times a year I need a plunger, I'm not saying it's my fault, but it is my problem. If I need a plunger right now because of the previous occupant, I do not want to have to wonder where the plunger is. The plunger goes right next to the toilet. Whether you like it or not, that's where it goes. That has to go. When you're a kid, they sell more attractive ones. They don't. don't I'm looking for raw power. You know, I'm looking for the uh, Iggy and the Stooges one. And um, I want to know that that's there. But the point I'm trying to make is that that has to, if you have a bag of stuff that you use when you travel, that has to stay alive. It could just be stuff like, well, do I still, is there more, did I run out of razor blades? That's always one for me. Like, you know, because you don't want to put a whole giant pack of razor blades in there. But if I forget that I used the last one and then reuse the last one, I'm going to be bummed if I get to Thanksgiving and look like Ted Kaczynski. Like, that's no fun. But also, so there's all the stuff where you've got to like resupply, but then there's also the stuff where you've got to stay up to date. But what the hell does that mean? iPhones or iPhones? No, they're not. Do you need a 30 pin USB to 30 pin jack? I don't. I don't think I know many people who do, unless you've got an iPod of your that you treasure or a uh, an old iPhone. You probably need USB A to something, probably Lightning. But in a typical setup in a, in a house of like me and my friends, you, however that power begins, that power needs to get into USB-C, right? For, you know, uh, Macs or iPads. It needs to get into your phone via lightning. And I think at this point, the mostly besides, I guess, headphones, your AirPods, you know, still use lightning. But other than that, you know, and you still need, probably you need some USB, I always say the wrong one. The tiny little flat trapezoid. Micro? Oh, micro. Um, it could be micro. Mini's, Mini's yeah. the Android one, right? Micro USB You know is, what I mean, though. The, uh, the, the, yeah, the, the, mic- the flat one where you can never tell which way it goes. Yes, that's micro. Mini USB. Uh, I don't want to talk about mini I don't USB. Either, I don't either. And then they get that one. The, my Android one had a busted ass, like... Uh, it was it was um, vertical on one side and a little diagonal on the other. It's really upsetting. Um, but anyhow, do I need those? Oh, God, I need those. Almost everything that I charge on my bike, like my lights and stuff, I need that. Um, in fact, a lot of chargers. 
like those old Jackery chargers, little anchor chargers. They, they want a USB micro. The point is, though, I mean, if somebody in your family got an Apple Watch or replaced a very old iPhone, you might have the wrong stuff in that bag. You've got to keep all of that up to date, right? So, like, if you have a bunch, just to say, put this ridiculously, let's say you're like John Roderick and you went all in on 30 pin jacks back in 1978 and now you're still mad. Like, well, having 50 of those won't help you because they don't go with anything. Is everything up to date with what you need? And mostly it, it, you could go to 7-Eleven and buy some of this stuff. That's not, that's not the point I'm trying to make. But in this period, Dan, if you want to have battery power, did, have I also mentioned, uh, the, what's, the, what's, the, uh, what's the stick to the back thing? Um, press ID, hold, hold man. What's it called? Uh, uh, the, you know, with the, with the, uh, you put a wallet on your phone. What's that called? Uh, oh yeah. The, the thing. thing where, where it's <clears throat> the like magnets. Magnetic. MagSafe. Yeah. Oh, MagSafe. I don't like that they re- reuse no. that term. Oh, 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 there, uh, can we Dan, just, can we, we need say to that? do an Is entire episode just on namespace pollution. It's honestly, it's people are saying it's not a big deal. Here's what it's like. What is it like? What's it like? If you're, if I said, could you grab the steering wheel of your vehicle? Mm -hmm. And you say, sure. And you put your hands on the steering wheel. And I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not Mm. how you open the door. Put your hand on the steering wheel to open the door. And and it turns out that I'm talking about the door handle. That's not okay. You can't change something like that. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. Well, I'm not going to say a a, a distasteful thing, but here's what I'm going to say. I'm not going to say this is like Sandy Hook, but it's a little like Sandy Hook. The the day that Apple started calling things Max, I knew we'd lost. (laughs) Well, what do you mean? What do you mean Max? They've called them Max since 1984. Nah, nah. It just sounds like I'm saying Max. When you hear Max, what I'm saying is Max. Okay, what do you mean? You're saying M-A-S. Oh, yeah. Was that not clear? Because they're exactly the same homophonic word. M-A-C-S. Yeah, yeah. What about X and 10? You like that? Remember all those years they spent telling us, no, it's OS 10 and it's got a space in it. Unless it's an X. So you can get like, you can get a Macintosh X Max (laughs) steering wheel. Like, ugh, incredibly frustrating. Please, please write that down. That should be an entire episode. So here's what, here's where we are now is that I got to be honest with you. I've had a couple anchor things I've gotten, not not just anchor, but a couple battery related things recently. God, this is boring. I don't even know if I'm going to be able to land this. I think this is, forget, I mean, honestly, this is what our shows used to be for Well, we're talking about Markdown. There's Markdown involved with Blot. Blot. Yeah. Um, But I got one not too long ago that I thought was going to be good and it wasn't and 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 here's i'm not i'm not prepared to say that these are the opposite of each other in terms of effectiveness and design success but i'm saying something pretty close to that i think alex might have gotten one of these too but i saw this thing and i went eh what the hell dropping in my bastic and it was this pretty big i'm sure i can find this it was a pretty big battery like along the lines of those giant ass Jackery like long ones that I've gotten in the past that are like, I mean, it's like holding like a full size, like a, like a Hershey's bar. They're really, really big. But one I got recently before this new one that I got um, was a, oh God, Anchor. I'm not going to put this in notes. This is like on Twitter where they got to put a red uh, buster through something and say, I'm showing you this, but it's not true. 
You have to know that this is, if I put this here and I don't put a buster through this, you're going to think I'm telling you this is correct. Now, I was very excited about this. This is the Anchor uh, Power Power 310K wireless portable charger with key 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 certified 10 10 dub uh, wireless charging and 18 dub USB-C quick charge for iPhone 13 12 mini pro iPad AirPods and more okay 49.99 and and okay I will send this to you though because you, the first time you look at this thing you say to yourself you say oh well that looks cool I guess this th now looking at that clicking and looking doesn't that scream to you oh my god it's MagSafe, and this will attach to something. Are you talking about the Anchor Power Three, 3 10K wireless portable yes. charger with key certified 10, 10 watt wireless charging yep. and 18 watt USB-C quick charge for iPhone 12. 13, 12 mini pro iPad more. AirPods and more visit the Anchor That's the store. one. But like I looked at that and because I didn't use my reading eyes, I guess I don't know why I would. Th this thing looks great. Sure does. I think I have this. Well, I have something almost exactly like this, except mine doesn't have this sort of like, um, like, uh, I've had a bunch like this happening. by Jackery and Anchor. I love saying Jackery. Jackery. It's like when you're a little kid and you can say bitch. Oh, bitch is a female dog. Um, I feel like I'm getting away with something, but I don't know why. <laughs> I, I guess if I'd given this half a second of thought, I would have realized, no, this does not securely magnetize to the back of your MagSafe phone, idiot. Of course it wouldn't. So guess what? Now welcome to the world of like where we are with iCloud and Siri. What's iCloud? Oh, what isn't iCloud? Oh, that sounds very Robin Williams. Or like, what isn't Siri? Siri's dictation, but it's also weather or whatever. And it's like, ugh. So, but here's the thing, right? Because MagSafe means the dongus that you used to have on your MacBook Pro. It could mean the MagSafe, MagSafe means the new kind of dongus that you've got on your new M MacBook Pro. It could mean, yes, the wallet that your sister-in-law puts on the back of her phone for some reason, mm -hmm. right? It but then yes. it could also mean MagSafe is also a way of charging by setting something down using, I always pronounce it wrong, QI. Quite interesting charging, right? I don't know why mm. I looked at this. I thought it was going to be great. Long story short, yeah, you know what? You can put your phone exactly onto that circle. Unlike the stuff you set it on, you know, like by my bedside, when I put some, and I'm going to bed at night like a gentleman, I lay down, I put my, my I'm pretty good. I've gotten, finally gotten pretty good at putting my phone on the thing. But what's neat is my phone is a MagSafe phone. And so then a little green ring pops up and it goes, got it, charging. Well, you'll get the got it charging if you got it right. But there's no like steadying onto a, that's not magnetic, Dan. It doesn't like, that is not it doesn't like stick Marvin. to your phone. No. And there were other things about it that bugged me. The price is right. That's all fine. But I would consider this... I can't get into this because I still want to talk about blot. I don't know if I have time. Um, but I, uh, I, I did not consider this a success. Um, for example, like, if that were... And, like, like, like let, let's act like I'm dumb. Because I know there are other people who are dumb. If you got this thing and you said, oh, this has got the magic quick-long thing... Like, I should be able to stick my phone on there. I could stick my AirPods Pro on there. And I imagine I could stick my watch on there, right? Well, yeah, you can do the AirPods one. If you want to do your watch, though, no. You've got to plug in an Apple Watch charger. So guess what? You're now using that one USB-A port that's on here. <laughs> that's it. Because You're done you, should, you should have read all the regular-sized print. Did you not read? I didn't read. And so I did not consider that a success. This is the kind of thing that, because it's still fresh and still has some MAHs in it, I might bring along for being purely like back in the car charging if we go somewhere. Mm. 
But, oh my God, this is the longest walk off the shortest pier. Now, Dan, here's something I got that on the other hand, I look at this and I'm like, this sounds so mean and I'm so sorry. I know it costs, costs a little more. This one I like, that one was 50 bucks and the one I like is 80 bucks. But I look at this thing and I feel like this was made by an entirely different team, like designed and like prototyped and tested by a totally different team. Now, this is far from perfect. Are we looking for perfect? No. We are looking for the most successful transition between old technologies and new technologies, right? So as far as the, the $49 one we got mad about a minute ago, yeah, that's fine. Like any battery you could buy for the last 15 years or whatever, 10 years, you plug in a USB-A and it'll charge something. Well, that's beyond, like that's barely table stakes at this point. Like, but what does it do that's good? And this, I think it's in notes, but I'll send it to you in a text just to be safe. This okay. is a recent one I've got that I think is a successful example of that because it not only accommodates the junk of the past, it's forward-looking and how it moves toward the future, and it's really clever about something that must have been, somebody must have had to fight for, I'm guessing. Okay, Dan, I am looking at Anchor 633, magnetic battery, Peren Maggo. Oh, that feels good Mag-go. to say. You know how difficult it is for me to hail my Google device? I have a problem. I must have a glottal problem. Either of the two phrases with which I can hail my Google voice devices, I sound like Tom Brokaw, and it never understands me. Maggo. Anchor, 633, magnetic battery, Maggo, 10,000 mAh foldable, magnetic wireless portable charger, 20-watt USB-C. Power. I think you get the idea. Now, Okay. Oh, this one's smaller. It probably doesn't have as much uh, milliamps. Eh, whatever. I point out a few, couple, couple few good, good things about this. Okay, this is about the thickness. Dan, do you know? The, remember the useless MagSafe batteries that, for example, my wife has that they made only oh, those, in white. Yeah. And they barely do anything at all, and they die fast, and they don't charge fast, and they are the worst of all worlds, and they're white. Remember those? Those are the ones that Apple makes yeah, that are yeah, built yeah, into the Yeah, yeah, the garbage ones, because yeah. apparently they're too full of pride to make an actual battery pack like a company. <laughs> Listen, uh-huh. guys, making this easy to use doesn't have to hurt you. It doesn't hurt your reputation. It shows you make things for making your stuff work. Make a battery pack. Do it. Make a full battery case. I don't care how fat it is. I would say this is about, and apparently this is a very clever bit of engineering where they've taken two batteries and slapped them together. It's difficult to see this without to describe this without you seeing it, but this is much smaller in length than the other one uh, for reasons that will become apparent in a second. But the width of it is still less width than the width of, for example, my iPhone, and we'll see why in a second. But it, it is it does have more, I guess, what you describe as depth to it. I would say it's around the depth, maybe a little less than the depth of two of those useless white Apple batteries. But it's it's got some chunk, wouldn't you say? Thick, thicker yeah, probably I mean, than like the old battery pack. But as they say, it's a th- it's a thick it's a boy. thick boy. I love I, I love my curvy Maggo. Um, yeah. But let's note some neat things. First of all, this is a full on MagSafe device. Now, if you're going to go somewhere and you're going to be out and about, now if you got a backpack, you almost never need to worry about this except for the weight. But like, you know what? I've done this. Like when we go to a concert or something as a family, or we went out to a little Father's Day dinner the other night, I will slap this on the back of my phone and it works a treat. It's thick, yes, but I mean, I'm not free soloing. It's fine. So, I mean, maybe this is not, that might end up being the second or third use you have of this is using it as a MagSafe battery. But Dan, it totally works. You stick it on your phone and it starts charging without wires. 
bucks up. Total, no notes, five stars. That totally works. That is really cool. Other neat things. Yes, on the bottom there, it's got a USB 3, you know, USB-A adapter. So if you want to charge something, you can run your little USB-A cable out of there, right? The thing that every other charger in the world does. Now, what you can't see without looking at multiple views here is there's also a USB-C port. And you're never going to guess what that thing does. That charges your USB-C devices. No, wait, which one am I using to charge the battery itself, though? You're getting ahead of me. Guess okay, what? That USB-C oh, port... You can use any of them? Nope. That USB-C port is also what you use to charge the battery. Mm. It's like a, what do they call it, a cloaca. You know, mm. it's like a simple, it's like a simple... Like not the Australian yeah, 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 like a, marsupial? Yeah. Well, uh, wait, did I say it wrong? What's the thing that, that's a... That, that, the little cuties that's a bun- in no, the tree. No, he, like, I think eats those the are, eucalyptus. I think, yeah. Look at his, but they're not friendly until the, they the, are. The seaside? I think you're thinking of, um, I'm, think, I'm talking about like monotremes. I'm talking about like a platypus. A platypus has uh, one hole, uno holo. Right, so that well, they have another one for. Now, is that a mammal yes. or no? Because it has the eggs. Platypus is is first of all probably the most interesting animal, and second, here's the part that's going to blow your mind: a platypus is a lot smaller than you realized. It's smaller than a dachshund. Did you know that? And they've got like a <coughs> don't they have like a stinger? My or song, something? my venom? band Bacon Ray, um, uh, primarily me. They have venom. Well, yeah, yeah, they got they can they can they got spurs. Um, that can electrocute you. Yeah, so um, Bacon Ray had a track on, I believe, the Golden Master called Dance of the Monotremes. I will find it for notes, and it's about the love that a monotreme um, has for her family. But a monotreme, what's the mono? Well, you know what that's for. Not counting the face hole for food, or I guess, you know, uh, emesis. You've got the holes then that are for, you know, woo-woo time, and for peas and poops. I I think our Dragon Boy might have one of these. One hole. One hole to rule them all. Just like Dildo Baggins. Like in this one, you put a USB-C into this thing, and that's how you charge your battery. But USB-C out when you turn on the switch. This is all explained kind of okay well in the little quick start guide. God, can I just please have a booklet? Quick start. And, but then you're ready for the last part. Last part. Least I, this did not in any way figure in to my purchase, and yet I love it, and this has made this thing a part of my daily life. Guess what, Dan? Mm. You know, this is like, this is sort of like the um, mustache app or drinking beer app was in 2008. (laughs) Remember there were things like, hey, you can have a little hinge for your phone. Yeah. This has the cleverest thing on the back, which is a little hinge that pops out. And so think about portrait versus landscape, tall versus wide. That means you can have this thing on your desk tall, or it means you could have this thing on your desk wide. And in either case, the hinge is built and installed in such a way it works in either portrait or landscape. Pretty clever, right? So guess what? This is now on my desk, and this is now the way I charge my phone when I want to charge my phone at my desk. I got this thing as like a, taking a flyer on another good battery idea, and I think it's, it's not perfect. Are we looking for perfect? No, we're not looking for perfect. We're looking for moving the ball forward in covering the stuff we need from the past while accommodating the things we'll want in the future. So I can almost imagine 
like a like a you know trade show video of this that shows probably a, a cute girl in a fancy hotel who's able to take this out of her bag and unattach her phone and plug it into charge and then while it's charging it can also charge her iPad oh and this other thing and then oh I want to charge this up before I go out for the night she's clipping on her earrings she grabs this sticks it on the back of her phone and walks out it's a it's the topakash it does it all 80 bucks out the door anchor 633 I'm not here to sell this thing I like it when I can tell people love what they make and I really like it when somebody manages, manages to put something out that neither leaves behind the past or forgets about the future. And I think this is successful. Do you have products like this in your life, Dan? Not, I mean, not at this level. How many level, legacy products, or oh, put differently, how many, how many, not products, but how much stuff we have in our life of the kipple that ends up, there's the kipple we accidentally keep, and then there's the, the kipple we grudgingly accumulate. Like how much stuff you have around. Damn, I had a fax machine that could operate until probably 2005. And it was like, lawyers and accountants are, the, the, I think lawyers and accountants are paid by big fax. They're the only people that ever want to receive a fax. Nobody else has ever wanted to receive a fax. Unless you're like winning a contest or something. But like, th think about how long you had to keep that stuff around. And like the sort of Kevin Kelly-esque idea that old technologies rarely go away, we just accumulate more of these technologies that we still need to deal with from time to time. Have you seen the ads on, on, on your television for where you can take all of your legacy media? I would never do this. And I know John Syracuse wouldn't. Throw all your precious memories in a box and we'll put it on the cloud. Mm, I don't know if I want Mima's photos, you know, going to Denton, Texas today. Like, I don't feel great about that, but like, how do we get these photos into a thing? How do we get these, these things from VC, um, VHS or Hi8 or whatever the stuff is? Like, we got to deal with all of that stuff still, you know? All the, all the, I mean, people like to joke about Dongletown now, but Apple's always lived in Dongletown. Like, is this USB or sorry, I got to go even further back. The, um, SCSI, SCSI 25. SCSI 50. Did you, did you daisy chain these in the correct order? Did you terminate in the right way? Is your zip disk or jazz disk in the right place in that chain? You know, all of that stuff is like, because we all, we needed all of that stuff. I need, I still need these optical discs. I need all these things. Anyway, I wanted to laud this. I don't think I have time to talk about that, but I, um, I like it when people make a good thing. I like it when I can tell that you love what you do. And, and and fought maybe for what you want. And I like it when I come across a solution that grudgingly deals with the past while optimistically affording a future. Makes me happy. Mm -mm. That's a nice sentiment. I'll just tease Blot because I think we need to bounce. What's, how, how long have we been recording? Close to an hour probably? We have been recording for... A total of 54 oh, minutes and 54 seconds. Um, you can go check this out if you want. I'm, I, for the use case here, this is very quick. Use case is that, um, I mean, I love all kinds of stuff for making web things. I, you know, I guess LiveJournal was my first, like, personal publishing experience. Then along came Movable Type, which changed my life and my career. I mean... I'm not even going to say the joking, like, literally, it's true. Like, my career, I don't know what I would be doing now or doing differently if it weren't for movable type. I mean, really. Oh, right. Well, I mean, not least because that's where 43 Folders comes from, and that's where I learned enough about that's how, would I have ever learned anything about using the terminal. 
without needing to go and 775 this. I, I didn't know what that stuff meant. I guess what I'm saying mm-hmm. is the knock-on effects of movable type go way beyond like Hello World. And um, so I'm, I've always been interested in that. And I, of course, I love my Squarespace sites. But I've been, and, and, and in a weird way, this does kind of archly relate to the whole Merlin's Siri bike journal journey. Oh. Um, which is like, I'm always just interested in like new ways, new and friction-free ways to get an idea from here to something shared over there. And I've really been wanting to scratch an itch with a couple things. One of the Siri angle of that is this, this prototype kind of bike journal I've been talking about, but I've also just been wanting something like, I don't know, I'm just going to throw out some words. This either won't matter to you or it'll matter so much. You'll email me, which you shouldn't Pelican Jekyll, uh, Hugo, right? You're, you've heard these words, right? Do you know these words? Yeah, I know Jekyll. Hugo rem- does but ring I mean, a bell I think to they're me. all somewhat similar in that they're all meant to be potentially very powerful, but deliberately simple to use ways of doing a blog or a site. You could even look at stuff like, uh, I want to say like Git, is it Gitbook? Is that the one? There's ones where you can like, you know, with GitHub and VS Code, you can basically... It's very easy and pr- virtually free to have a blog on a GitHub site. They make that so easy. My GitHub account is like, it's crazy cheap. I've got the like, I don't know, I want to say like, it's le- definitely less than 10 bucks a month, I feel like. I'm not sure. But like, you can have a blog on GitHub and then you can hang a domain on it. Like, you don't need to master all of these different pieces anymore. And and, and the, the re- one reason this stuff like, oh, so anyway, the point being, and Blot is one of these I just recently came across via one of the very few blogs that I still read and look forward to reading. And this was recently, until very recently, a new to me blog called The Jolly Teapot. And I forgot who linked to this blog, but I've been enjoying it. It's in my my very small rat king of regularly updated sites that delight me alongside stuff like interconnected um, along, oh, just, you know, blogs. It's Jolly Teapot, Nicholas McGant, I want to say. Uh, and he has a blog post you can find in notes called The Most Minimal Blog You Can Find. And long story short, he's talking about this, again, this gets into a lot of stuff like the Shinobi Project. The idea is like, you know, you get to a certain point where you've done so much, your hands are so stained with creating, like, content creation stuff and like dealing with why isn't this, I mean, for me back in the day, I love, you know, I love movable type, but like the Perl process. So basically on movable type, if you made an update, if memory serves in the early days, it had to use to use Perl because, because Ben Trot, and it would have to rebuild, I think every post on the site, like it was a process. Wasn't it initially didn't movable type initially have a Perl thing that like just ran and ran and ran and type pads suffer from the same problem. Remember type pad? I think it did. Type pads like early versions of a fail whale were like anytime you made a change between nine and 11 AM, it was so resource constrained that my, my shit wouldn't get built. Sorry. Oops. Mm-hmm. Um, but well, no, I mean, that's, that's how it worked. It worked and it would generate. And that was the thing that people liked movable type for, if I remember correctly, because it made flat files. Other, it made yeah, flat files. Yeah, you weren't files. counting would, on CFM would, to like, yeah, exactly. Right. So if you suddenly got a thousand, you know, thousands of hits, it could in all a, be, in it's hour, already written out. It could all be cached. Yeah. And then you were just relying on the Apache web server to deliver those files. There wasn't anything generated. Which is a pretty durable part of that nothing. system, as opposed Very. to having like, like, if you hadn't done a great job with, mm, let's say, certain 
well-known open source PHP blogging engines that shall remain mm -hmm. nameless who had their growing pains. Boy, try and put a menu bar into that. Woof. Um, but but uh, <laughs> PHP include. Oh my goodness, Matt, you're killing me. But the um, but with those, then you run into a similar thing. Where like you would. That's where the phrase "getting fireballed" comes from. Is Gruber would link to your site without noticing that it was a certain very uh, popular open source PHP blogging engine, and it would just go straight to the floor, like so quickly because. Every little piece of that had to be built. Number of comments added, right? Like each part of that page wasn't that part of the problem. It wasn't just I'm trying to render the body as a wad of text. I'm also having to update all these dynamic elements that involve paging, right? All this stuff that has to be dynamically updated each time. Anyway, the point is, I, I and I'm not here to like stand for this, except that I'm super excited and having so much fun playing with it. I'm just intrigued by these new ways that you can get information onto the web, and the whole idea. What's the what's the log line on Blot? It's real simple. Um, let me go. I'm clicking. It's already in notes, and uh, yeah, it's <laughs> blot blot dot im, and and, and it's hard because I'm logged in. And here's how to use Blot. Blot turns a folder into a blog. <laughs> so basically, you put mark.md files or... Like you put your MD files in there, you hit yeah. a, a button and it publishes it for No, you. you don't even do that. Because it's doing all of it via their web service, their web, sorry. They've got something. Like, I don't know if it's Heroku or what it is. They've got something running in the cloud. It's got a status page. It's got all those things. But you just say, you know, I like Dropbox, or I like, uh, is iCloud one of the options? Um, there's like three options. Oh, it's Dropbox, Google Drive. Oh, of course, and Git. Like, I like, I like working on my phone to make blog, like, I'm just, this is a voice I'm doing. But like, if you like, if you like Git, and you like making blog on phone, you could get something like, say, Working Copy. And Working Copy is a really neat app for coding and writing on, specifically on your phone, that of course is hugely integrated with Git. You, you type, you hit a thing, enter, boom, it gets uploaded. I went ahead, and even as I'm transitioning everything away from Dropbox, I went with Dropbox because it is so everywhere. Like, it's so easy to get to on anything. So what we really want here is when I throw helloworld.md into the blot, the slash apps slash blot folder under posts or pages or wherever it goes, there's so much stuff that it does for me. I just drop hello world into there. And when Dropbox, this is magic, when Dropbox updates... Blot updates, and your post is up. You make a change locally, Dropbox updates, your post is updated. It's as easy as that. Now, what is the one thing we can say about Dropbox? There's a lot of things we can say about Dropbox. One thing I feel we can say with some confidence is the actual service is pretty damn solid. I think virtually rock solid. There's a lot of uh, monkey business to the company I don't love, but that's what made them good, figuring out how to hack on Steve's Finder and then also just be up and work everywhere and be... Um, omnivorous? Omnivorous is something who eats anything. What is something that can be eaten by anything? Hmm, cloacaverse. I like that, though. That means I can open something in files on my iPad. I can do it in... in it's, this works with, of course, something like IA Writer or any of those kinds of things. But isn't that great? Isn't it just neat that you could drop foo.txt or foo.md into here and it publishes? That's, that's, that's a lot right there. 
But yeah, I'm just pitching this because we don't have time to talk about this. But guess what else you could do? You drop in photo.jpg and it creates a, it, it, without even creating any text, it makes that a post that's just a photo. Oh, but what if I want to put an image up and have it not appear? Prepend the file name with an underscore. That easy. So that's yeah. it. Done. But it goes so much further than this. Uh, another neat thing that I love about this is the metadata inside of each document. If you choose to, it does so much canny stuff for you. Like it knows how the web works. But if you want to go in and say, like, think, think YAML, for example, like YAML style, YAML ish, like, uh, what's that phrase we use for? Um, Pairs of values, something colon something. What do you call that? Value pairs or right. something like that? Value pairs. Something like that. So you yeah. say title. Key value, key value pairs? Well, is that like what title colon. And what I type after that is the name of this post or page, right? Yeah, like a key value. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Key value. That's a key value. Or if I type, for example, path colon and something usually with a dash in between. Otherwise, it inserts a, you know, a percent sign 20. But like you say, that's what I want the slug, as we used to say, for this to be. Do I want this to be a draft? Yes. If I remove the line that says draft colon yes, it's now live. If you add a date, date colon, and then a date, and it's a date in the future, guess what? It knows to publish that in the future. It's all done just in text. Just You don't have to do any of this, but if you want to, you can. Then you can do stuff like say, like this goes inside my menu at the top, or this doesn't, and this is what the link text on that, and it's all done just in metadata. You don't have to do any of it, but it's all gold. Um, I'm loving this, and then and it does neat stuff with typography. It does neat stuff, Dan, with CSS areas. This particular area, hang to the right and float around it. You can just, so you basically say something like, embraces greater than. I don't remember which one it is. But if you begin a line with that, it knows this is how you want that styled on a page. Right. This is the last one. And I only mentioned that this is no no one needs this, but God damn, this is clever. Here under how to use blot files which become blog posts. <laughs> right? You got text and markdown. You got images. You got Word documents. Wait, what? Yeah. If you output a dot docx, it will strip the, the how, how do you put this, the non-functional formatting out of it so it looks like your website when you drop a docx into your folder. You ever, you ever drag something and you go, oh shoot, I accidentally made a web lock. I meant to do an HTML and I did a web lock. You ever done that? Web lock, web location file where it's Oh, where you mean? Yeah, I hate that. I don't oh, even think it that shouldn't, thing should shouldn't, I should be able Who to turn it off that? everywhere, but here's, Who but here's the that? point. That's one way that sometimes people make something between HTML and a bookmark. You drag a .weblock in your folder, same thing as Microsoft Word. It strips out the stuff it doesn't need, and it makes that page look like ditto for .html, ditto, ditto for .url. You just drag stuff into here. And then the final part about this, where I, this is the part where I'm just like, ugh, it must be so, it must feel so good to have made something like this, the way tagging works. Yes, tag colon will work in a text document, but it also can work based on what folder you put it in, what hierarchy you put it in. So like you could have all your stuff just live in, at one big area, but I mean, I'm, I'm, I imagine you could use something like Hazel or whatever it is you'd want to do, but if you want something more like the way canonical URLs work, you could establish a hierarchy for this. But if you made, if you started out in your blot folder and then said posts slash Dan slash back to work slash Merlin and dropped it in there, 
it would automatically be tagged with the name of each one of those directories in on the page and you'd be able to click it and look at other things from that. I love this. I'm having so much, this is my sit around at nighttime while um, I, I, you know, I listen to music on 6X now. I've been listening, I mean, I'm listening to music or, or watching, my, watching my stories. I play with this and I'm still learning it. So right now, the one of these I have, which you shouldn't even bother to look for, it's all just garbage because I'm still just learning it. I'm still in the hello world stage, but I'm so intrigued by things like this. You know, it's the, the threat of everybody, it being easy for everybody to post interesting stuff contextually from anywhere. I guess some of that along the way got usurped by crappier blogging and super crappy Facebook. But I don't know. I'm just really intrigued by the idea of this. This could be anything you want it to be. Oh, I think it's $4 a month per account. That's what I'm paying anyway. Something like that, which is totally fine. Um, and then the last, last bit, and I didn't put this in notes yet, but I will, is that the documentation is really good, but also the guys or gal or whomever makes this is doing this in such an interesting and transparent way. Like there's a section called news, which is like what we're up to here. There's a section called notes that I will put in here. And this is somewhere between documentation and thinking out loud about stuff like censorship on this site. What is the ideal website? What should assign it? So almost like pattern related stuff, business stuff. How would this be good for customer service, et cetera, marketing? Um, I, I think this is amazing. Oh, and then templates, one-click templates that like are very, very basic that are exactly as template as I want a template to be. Um, I'm intrigued. Dan, technology and what the human hands can do with it <laughs> is an exciting thing, and I'm going to let you leave. I just have one, I just yes, have you one there, comment please. with something. Yes, Rowan. you. I just want to talk, talk uh-huh. to you about something. Let's get real for a second. Are you saying this interferes with our Facebook sponsorship? No. Oh. You know, I look around, and I look around all the you stuff do. that I've got <laughs> And as I'm looking around at this stuff. You sound stuff, so much Marlon, like Robert look, De Niro and Taxi Driver. I look around and see all this stuff on your desk. Rain Awashi streets. One day clean. a real rain's going to come. <laughs> um, guy, I need to show that to my kid. He's never seen that. Yeah. Travis Bickle. Yeah. Mm. Travis. <laughs> you know, a all good right. joke you can have, Randy. Hey, hey, give that guy a hand. <laughs> oh, okay, that's how okay. have that. So, the. Um, the thing is, I look around at this yeah. stuff and I think, you know, all of the stuff that I have that you could put in the category of technology, and I'll even extend this out to cars if you mm-hmm. want, but everything that I have that you would call technology, I'm not going to have it. And let's just, let's just be generous and say five years, most of it, three years, really, but five years, I'm not going to have any of this crap. Yeah. It's <clears throat> all going to be gone. You know what I'm still going to have in five Text years? Files. Probably. Maybe. Well, oh yeah, um, but I'm 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 thinking outside of the computer. Um, this this switch that's sitting oh. here, this this eight port switch, I'll probably still have that. That maybe is the only unmanaged thing. uh Linksys eight port switch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Me too. It's a netgear, but what Oh sorry, that's what I meant to say. I I I got I got several of those. You know, that's it. This microphone? Yes. I'm gonna have I'm gonna have this microphone probably good in microphone. five years. It'll be mm-hmm. fine. But most of the stuff that I have that's sitting out here, whether it's a Nintendo Switch or my phone or or whatever. The computer, the laptop, all of it's going to be gone. All your, all, all those, of it's going to uh, be gone. M- MP3 CDs you struck in the early 2000s, gone, yeah. gone. Uh, what, but what you know what? The off. They're gone now. Yeah. You know what I'm still going to have what, what, though, what, for what, sure what? is this hammer that I've had for 10 mm, years already. Good hammer. Definitely going to have my Don't wallet still. It's a good mm-hmm. wallet. <laughs> Don't hurt him. Um, you know the shovel. That I have, <laughs> still going to have that. And you can say no, it's no, easy no, to have this stuff because this is your paddleball game, your favorite chair. 
but it's like technology is this thing and we haven't we as a as a, a species have not had something that changes so much as we have right now everything changes right now if you went back in time merlin and said to your grandfather i'm gonna have this thing that i pay a thousand dollars or more for and i'm gonna i'm gonna throw it out every two or three years and get a new one that's oh, almost the way, exactly the, way, Grandpa, the same i was paying two hundred dollars a month <laughs> to use the thousand dollar device <laughs> i just threw that away thing. it's How is so it crazy Grandpa? and he here we are talking about a technology to publish a blog that is using flat files. Yeah. I mean, what could be more basic than that? That's what we were doing 15 years ago. There's a lot of stuff in my life, including the many of the aforementioned technologies. There's some, I have this real, I, I didn't mean to cut you off, but like, I agree with you. And I've got a bucket here at my office of every time I find something where I have the slightest inkling that I should do a Mr. Robot on it. Like, God, I can't just throw this thing away, right? I mean, you know, you know how sturdy Zip and Jazz discs are? Do you know, if you wanted to do a Mr. Robot... Ber Bernoulli box. Bernoulli box. Bernoulli like, box. Like, to do a Mr. Robot, you need a drill press. I tried it. Yeah. And it took me 30 minutes to <laughs> disassemble one old hard drive, and even then, with an okay, good Makita uh, drill, I couldn't get through it. I could deface it, but, like, I don't know how... I, I mean, in an ideal world, I'd love to be able to just put those into my multi-access unit that magically knows what it is and, and bring it up um, in the finder or whatever. You know what I mean? But like, I have so much of this legacy stuff that B, I'm terrified to just throw in the trash because of my demon dogs. But A, yeah, I actually kind of would like to see what's on there. I would like to see what's on, like, uh, you know, apart from pictures of Betty Page, I would like to see what's on zip disks I have from like 1998. Like, I bet there's some really interesting stuff. Probably the first MP3 I ever remember downloading was Believe by the singer Cher. And I bet that's on there somewhere. That's kind of cool. Mm -hmm. Like old art from my band. Things were like, you ever have that, that weird sense of like, oh, I've got a photo from this event, but I'm pretty sure there's 50 or 80 more of these photos from this event. Like, who knows what kind of stuff is on there? But like at the end of the day, like what the, the thing that's worse than not being able to get to that stuff is then having to keep it in its own sort of data supermax because you're not comfortable just throwing it to the curb. But you're and the point is, I'm, what I'm trying to get back to is you're absolutely right. There there are probably things that are more durable. Uh, this is just going to turn into like I'm, right now I'm acting like this is not an ad for text files, but it really is. I mean, text files are are small. They're efficient. They don't corrupt that easily compared to other things. They don't. What's the uh, what's the phrase Syracuse uses? Bit rot. You, you're not subject to a lot of the f um, format tie-ins, you know, of different kinds of things. Oh, you're yeah, not. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like and like in the case of like trying to get a a doc X off of a late stage zip drive, like, I mean, now you got several problems. <laughs> like, how do you even get out? I agree with you. I mean, that's what's neat. And, and that's why when I look at something, like, I don't really understand JSON. I know enough about what it does to be dangerous. That's why I'm so fascinated by stuff like JSON. Like CSV is interesting because I can export a ton of stuff to CSV and then deal with it somewhere else, right? But JSON is like, it's, it's just so brilliant to me, like how lightweight that is, but how powerful and flexible that is. I mean, next to a totally flat text file with zero formatting, 
I think JSON's got to be up there if you're going to keep your stuff in something at this point. What would, if you had to start over today and you wanted something that would survive for 500 years, what format, what, what everything would it be? Would it just be a plain text buffer with nothing in it? Yeah, that would be it. Yeah, no, no, but like you're okay, you're okay no with frills. formatting as in H1 and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fine. I understand that the, the, beauty, the beauty of something like Markdown or, or anything Easy to write, that, easy to you know, read. Easy to write, easy to read. You can open up a text file that's written in Markdown and read it, and you don't have all the nasty, ugly HTML code around it. And, you know, we had something back in the old days. Do you remember XSLT? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, the idea was that you would have two layers. Yeah, yeah, One yeah. layer was the presentation layer. One layer was the, X, it was the data layer. And the XML was just your data. And then you would have an it's XSLT. Very, very of the Dave Weiner time and of the, X, yes. the, the ascendance of XHTML. Yes, and you would, whatever. yeah, and so basically you would thing, have this XML. Because the thing we'll talk about today be, is that HTML is in its way programming. It's yeah, it is. No, very, very high level, is. but yeah, it's very far, it's about as far from the metal as you can be next to Markdown. <laughs> I, well, I'm just saying no, that no, no, I think, I, I I think do, we've I, had I these different, I, yeah, but like, all, like data yeah. and then presentation layer and things that transform them, and you have... You know, like like when you or just, do the just kind like of work CSS that I do, just like CSS and HTML, like right there. That's amazing. And something I was thinking about this yes. morning and thinking about, like it feels like there are these. There's a handful of things that have happened in the last twenty years where something comes along and there's a lot of buzz about it, and you're like, mm, whatever. And then, but then years pass, and suddenly that thing is how we do things. Like I think maybe arguably one of the greatest examples of what in the hell are you going to actually do with this at the time was XML. XML comes along and you got all the cheerleaders for XML out there and it's going to change the world. You're like, uh, okay, but like, what, How, what would I, what would my company do with XML? And you, when you go to a trade show, there'd be like whole, like, welcome to XMLville. Here's all the things you'll be able to do. You know, uh, Herman XMLville, I believe was their champion. <laughs> That's the stupidest joke I've made all week. Herman XMLville. You, Herman but, but XML like, but, but at the time, do you remember the struggle to go like, well, why would I want all this? And it all has to be formatted perfectly or it breaks with one problem and you got to control that C data this out and all that. What is this for? Well, today, guess what, guys? You're using it right now. Like RSS. That's what came out of that. So much stuff that we use. Think about JavaScript. JavaScript used to be a way to count down to the 1999 Super Bowl. <laughs> and then it became Ajax, and now it's everything. And uh, I can't everything. spoil this yet, but Syracuse had just used well JavaScript, like just on the fly, to do a really amazing thing for for our podcast. JavaScript is just the thing you use, and there's Node, and there's all of that stuff. But you know what I mean? Like something comes along, and we all kind of go, I'm "Not sure what." And then a few years later, you're like, "Oh my god, it's gold!" Like all the stuff that we can do with this is is just astonishing. And um, you know, like I say, uh, I think JSON might kind of be one of those. I mean, I, I could see JSON. I mean, tell me if I'm just using this, if I'm grossly misunderstanding what it is, but it's my understanding that like JSON make, gives you so much of what you're describing here, which is like, it's, yeah. it is the content and it's also the, forgive me, the dictionary for like describing the content. Like basically it is your flat pack Ikea cabinet and all the instructions. And if you throw it at the right piece of general purpose computing, it will make the cabinet for you. You don't even need to touch it. Like that's mm. the beauty of JSON, right? Is it's all so like well-defined in there, but it still, it has all those benefits because it is text, has all the benefits of text 
without all the downsides of having to be used in all these different ways that, let's be honest, become proprietary or become like the, you know, the, the again, the, the beta versus VHS. Sometimes VHS wins, but that's not going to change the fact that those files are still ridiculously portable. Way more portable than my Microsoft Word and XLS documents from a while back. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So what's your yeah. thought on that? You look around this desk, you see all these things that I do. What was her name? Sybil Shepard. Sybil Shepard played her. Is that right? You know, I, I, I understand that technology is a changing thing. But one of the things that I wonder is, <clears throat> are we ever going to get to a point where for some reason, and I have several ideas on what the reasons might be, but where for some reason that stops. In other words, technology does not continue to advance that way. And I'm not talking about improvements in, you know, in, in things. So where, you know, like for example, you take cars, which is, this is going to be a horrible, horrible analogy, but I'm in the market for a vehicle right mm -hmm. now. So this is why this is on my mind. And I'm thinking about what, um, what the changes are. So I'll go into the car dealership. In, in terms of what say, you well, want or what it does? Well, both. Okay. And I'll, and, and so for example, they'll, they'll say, well, you know, like we don't have a new one in this color combination, but we've got one that's, you know, two or three years old. That's slightly used that, you know, that you could get that has basically and all this. That might be the one that's still got the, the good models. version. <laughs> Right. But I'll say like, what changed between 2019 and 2022? And eh, not much. We're like, well, what? Well, you know, they made this screen a little bigger mm -hmm. and this thing is a little different. This button's over here instead. All, the, it's basically all, the, the, same. all the parts in the cockpit are a little less fun to use. We've, well, moved, yeah, we've made more things into touchscreens. It used to be a button. Yeah. You don't have stems and, and stalks anymore. But like when you, when you think about it, really... Yeah, there's a lot of really nice to have improvements over the last 5, 10, 15 years. But do you think that we'll ever reach a pace of evolution for our technology where you won't have to throw out your old Xbox and get a brand new one or you won't have to throw out your old computer or your old phone oh. where the pace of these changes will slow? And people have been saying this about something like the iPhone for a long time. Like, well, the only thing that really changed now is the camera. And for the most part, I mean, there's a lot of people who are probably listening to this show who work on things like the iPhone who are saying, are you crazy? All this stuff is new. All this stuff has changed. Uh, uh, but optimized. really, if you Probably look a lot of at it's it, really it, optimized. Battery improvements. Yeah. Like, you know, those, yeah. those little changes that they can eke out do contribute to a better. But Merlin, yeah. you know this. You can now wait two to three generations between getting a phone before you really see a difference that's noticeable. Right. And I'm curious because I'm always reminded so you're of like, one you of your change favorite out the movies. guts, the important guts, but keep the chassis kind maybe, of maybe most yeah. of the same. You wouldn't benefit from screen well, improvements on an iPhone. I'm thinking about your, thinking about your one of your favorite movies, Brazil. Mm -hmm. And in Brazil, Say so much number. of the technology was okay, was old. You know well, what I mean? Not old. It the was, reason it they was have ducks is that ducks ducks work. <laughs> Look how efficient <laughs> they are. That's right. But that's the kind of thing, like, I think about this a lot. Like, are we ever going to get to a point where that piece of technology that you have, that's not, not a year old, not five years old, but 10 years old, it's still fine. And then lots of people have the 10 year old technology and it's not weird. Like how old is your air? Well, you don't have air conditioning. No, no, no but, I, I, uh, for, I, I know what you mean. Full circle, you know? I, you know, like one thing that comes, this is going to sound totally off topic and probably is, but one thing I think of off the dome is even in my kid's lifetime, okay, like there was a change a while back. We went, ooh, boy, we sure throw out a lot of unrecyclable plastic. 
Um, and then we're like, oh, we should really like, like these water bottles. So what do they do? They, so the innovation for a time was we try and put less unrecyclable plastic into the bottles. And then you get one of those crystal geyser bottles that crinkles and is really unsatisfying to hold. Um, and then, you know, then at a certain point we say, hey, by the way, update everybody. Um, basically, hardly any plastic is really, re- quote unquote, recyclable. How about we just like try and have fewer plastic water bottles? Well, then you get like, say, I'm going to say the Nalgene bottle, which I think of as something that happened mostly in my kid's lifetime. I remember suddenly I was carrying around these, these, these kind of large circumference bottles with giant lids. But then we find out those have some series of letters that we're not supposed to have in it. Make P- PPAs or something. B- BPAs, BPAs. You don't want BPAs in your analogy bottle. How, how come? I don't know. You just don't want them there. Okay. And don't, not in your kid's nipples or whatever. Any of the things. Can't have any BPA. So then we move <laughs> to like bottles. I, I honestly am not going somewhere negative with this, although a bunch of you seriously would follow the sheep in front of you anytime you could. But the uh, but then and we look, get to like where we are now, at least in our household. I still like drinking out of glass. I do not like drinking out of metal. Um, I mean, unless it's like Iron Maiden. But like I, my family drinks out of those like clean canteens like Visco Girl kind of bottles. And, um, and they're great. They last forever. You can put ice in them. You can drink them. I don't personally love that. I, I drink beverages out of other non-throwaway things. But the point is, that's kind of interesting. Why do I say that's here but off topic? Well, it, it's not going to change. It's not going to revolutionize the way that humans have an impact, especially American humans, have an impact on the environment and the world. But like, it sure is a step closer. Now, What's interesting in that, though, is I still have friends like Alex. There might have been a time, because Alex is tries to really make sure that they drink a lot of water, and there was a time when you could buy a plastic bottle with a ring that turned on it, and the plastic ring would show you you're being a good boy by drinking your water. Well, there's apps for that now, so that's weird. We've split the desire for drinking a lot of water, even though, as decodering has shown us, hydration is a myth, I'll find it for notes, um... The point being, like, sometimes technology splits. Like, sometimes different parts go into different things. Sometimes it falls out of fashion. The, the part that's challenging about uh, true, t- like, consumer tech qua consumer tech is, like I said, like, if you, I, and I'm thinking here about my favorite episode of Doctor Who, Day of the Doctor, you know, uh, you know same, same sonic screwdriver. What is it? Uh, same insides, different outsides, like how we're able to solve the problem of, you know, getting out of the room that wasn't actually locked. You know, uh, your phone, I, I don't know. We see that right now with stuff like SIM cards. Like, isn't it good that there's, they don't, ha- you don't have to go to the mall and have a big drill press put a number <laughs> onto the back of your phone that makes it an AT&T phone forever. Like a SIM card, that's a nice addition. I bet that comes out of competitive business things where we would like to be, you know what I mean? Business and growth is the driver for things. And when business and growth is the driver for things, we can't always count on it to be the the best things long-term. I don't, I don't know. It's not long ago. I believe it or not, everybody, I am still working on the wisdom document. Um, I don't, I, I, I see a post. You post sometimes. Well, you know, cause I think I've already done a lot. I don't know what, if you don't like it where it is right now, you, either haven't read it or shouldn't, but uh, I, I, in, a, in a fairly recent revision in the year-long scale of this project, let me find 
I added a, 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 a totally accidentally came across an old tweet of mine that I happened to have a screen grab of. And I, it seems so appropriate that I dropped the image of it into this. This is from, uh, this is about seven hours ago, but it was via Birdhouse. So, and I said, good advice helps you find the solution to your problem. Great advice helps you find that you were solving the wrong problem. And that, that does not mean you failed. If you find that you're solving the wrong problem, well, that used to be the problem. The reason you see that thing as the problem is because it used to be the problem. But like in that same way, are you updating your idea of what it is we're trying to solve here? I, I'm not trying to change the subject. I think this is entirely relevant because it's sort of like, you know, the phrase, Alexander the Great cutting the Gordian knot. Or like, so the idea was that in, I don't know, Macedonia, wherever it was, there's this big giant knot, the biggest knot that had ever been knotted. And like, blah, blah, the person who could untie this knot would, would become the king or the emperor or whatever. And Alexander the Great, in the story anyway, goes up with his big ass sword and, and cuts the giant knot in half, thereby untangling it. So talk about an out of the box solution. Right. I think we face that all the time. The reason I'm diddling a little here about this, or dithering, would be way better than diddling, is that, like, well, I'll be that guy for a second, which is, like, how many more rare earth materials and plastics and other kinds of petroleum byproducts and products do we want to keep pouring into automobiles that are based on gas and driven by one person. Well, they're, they're turning electric. That's awesome. I'm so glad. How many rare earth minerals and plastics and petroleum things do we want to pour into electric cars? Remember, remember, even if you live in a lighthouse like I do, it's almost always cheaper to fix the one you've got rather than buy a new one. I mean, I'm just throwing it out there because if you care about the stuff you claim to care about in the way you claim to care about it, that's a good thing to know. Put a new roof on your house instead of building an energy efficiency one out in the middle of Arizona. Like, that seems cool and it'll look good in Dwell Magazine, but that's not solving the problem of environment. I mean, it gets you a nicer house and a nice thing to crow about, but it's like buying a supercharged water bottle. What if the problem changed while you were fixing a different problem? What if we try to figure out more novel ways to handle moving around the face of the earth in our lives rather than trying to make a more energy efficient car. I mean, it's like trying to make a more comfortable bullwhip. Like, are we sure that's really, this is the way that we want to go? I just had so much fun watching, um, not just because of the Warriors won, but I really enjoyed the Celtics and Warriors final series. It was really fun. But in addition to being frustrated about why there was like two days or three days between each game, which seemed silly to me, the part that was really silly, Dan, is they kept flying to each other's city. So they play a game near over near where my wife works, here in San Francisco. And then a whole bunch of people would get on a plane to fly to Massachusetts to play a game there. And then you know what they did? They got back on a plane. So many people got back on a plane flew to San Francisco. Yeah, yeah, okay, I'm being that guy here. Well, like, no matter how good you make your electric car, as long as people with, with, uh, with good muscles and bones are flying around in fucking planes all the time for their work because they have to, we're moving yeah. in the wrong direction. The how do we solve that problem? Do we make a more energy-efficient plane? Yeah, that would be good. Every little bit helps. But, like, if we just pop up, like, one level in the stack, even if we're just looking at consumer technology... 
You know, I mean, I, and then we can bring this way more down to earth. And sorry, I cursed. But let's bring this way more down to earth, which is like, oh, gosh, why am I, why am I pissing and moaning here about all this stuff? You go out and you buy these Anchor devices. I do. I like them. I think there is still something to be said for this is moving us more in the direction that we would like rather than not. And ultimately, buying crap that doesn't work and you don't need, that doesn't do what you wanted and then you throw it away is a real bummer. So I'm not sure, to answer your question slightly more specifically, I don't know if, to answer, well, to really directly answer your question, I think the answer is no. I think as long as companies like Apple make phones to sell to people like you and me, I don't think that's going to be the place to look for a revolution. I think a revolution that almost all of us have on the tip of our tongue at this point, I mean, me and my friends, you, everybody, Alex, we're almost like some kind of like unconscious Voltron. Like there's so much going on with what I'm just going to call ambient computing and this idea that like, you know, how do we get past the problem we think we need to solve to the interesting problem that would actually help us do what we want? So, you know, one way of looking at it is, and I think this is really, you guys, listen, seriously, this is really valuable in your life. Make sure the problem that's driving you nuts is a problem that's worth solving. There's, there's, there are a few things in life that can be more humbling and potentially useful than realizing you've been trying to solve a problem that you don't need to solve and that even if you did solve it, you would have solved an old problem that isn't actually doing that much. That doesn't mean stop trying. Like the t-shirt Mother Jones sold claiming to be a Gandhi quote, you know, almost nothing you do will be important, but it's still very important. It's Mother Jones, the, the magazine that said that, not Gandhi. But it's true. It's true. We all should be trying, and we should not get beaten down, and we should be doing our best, and we should be forgiving of ourselves and others. But, like, there's, there's also something really bracing. We don't have to all go full-on Kevin Kelly every second of our day, every day. But I do think it is useful to ask yourself, you know, again, like that famous razorfish anecdote, you know, why are you buying a screw? I'm buying a screw. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm buying a screw because I need to use a drill to put a hanger on the wall, to put up a painting, because a painting makes me happy. Most people don't go to Home Depot, very rarely go to Home Depot say, to say, like, I'm going to Home Depot because it will make me happy. It's not that that will make you happy, but perhaps that little chain of acquisitions will let you get to the thing that you want. How do you potentially shorten those kinds of chains? I don't know. I don't think you're going to be able to pop out the guts of your iPhone, blow out the dust, and get a new phone you know, every October or whatever. I don't think that's going to be it. And then the other part that I think about is you've got to wonder at what point the grave stuff that's happening with the planet kind of has to go to a next level. You know, we've done that with stuff like carbon you know, credits and stuff like that. But like, I wonder if there's going to be a point where I could see something like a tariff for how much I'm just pulling this out of my ass. Um, yeah. I guess eventually see a tariff for how much, how many tons of unrenewable stuff your company makes every year. Like not just oh, smokestacks, yeah. but like the miles on the tires that take those phones. You know what I'm saying? Talk about a place for innovation. That dangling down the road that makes the the spaceships and cars. He has been very fortunate to to have. He's a smart guy, but he got the timing right on a few things and, and was able to go around systems. I mean, I heard a really good podcast, and I'm referring here to Elon Musk. But the idea that, like, it was a question on a podcast I like a lot called What Next? And I think it was Lizzie O'Leary was basically saying, you know, is he good at business? Is he actually good at business? It's like, you know, it's, it's difficult to say whether he's good at business, but, like, one thing he is good at is 
perhaps owing to his weird personality, could you have gotten so many smart people in aerospace to come join you if they had not spent their entire career dealing with giant infrastructures that were trying to solve a different old problem? So he's able to bring in, he doesn't like to talk about how great his team is as much as I would like, but, you know, he didn't build those all himself. He attracted all of those people because they saw the possibility of doing something really great where they had previously been in a system where everybody in a position to make an important decision would fail on the side of scale or past problem solving. You know what I mean? And like, that's, that's where my, and if this sounds really ruminative and broad, it's because it is like, I don't, I can't get my head around this. I don't know what replaces the iPhone. I really like my iPhone. I'm not in a position to say, and I'm, I'm not even talking about like Syracuse of 5,000 years view of this, but it, it's, the thing, again, a very Kevin Kelly kind of thing, is it's very difficult to think about the future when our only prelude or uh, prologue is the past. Because if that's the only way we ever evaluate how things worked, how could we begin to think about the unexpected things that happen that cause the really major changes like in our world? Even setting aside the like historical 9-11 or Pearl Harbor type things, but even just the whole like, wow, we had no idea that this kind of a metal was more scarce than we thought, or we had no idea mm -hmm. the bison, Dan, the bison, the bison, the bison that I go visit in the park. One reason they've that. gotten closer and I can see them well is because changes to the environment have dried out the area where they can eat grass more privately. And now mm. they're into shedding season, they got to eat more. And they move out closer to where we are, not to delight us, but because that's where the grass is. Now, no process, there's no board, there's no Elon involved in that. These, whatever, nine female bison just kind of know that to go over to where the grass is. And like, we don't even bother to always look where the better grass is until we're out of grass where we prefer to stand in private. And I think that's the way to think about the, the past and the future. You know, are we going to try and relitigate and recreate terrible past that maybe even didn't exist? Or how do we start inhabiting a future that isn't fully there yet and do that in a responsible way that isn't just balloon juice about shareholder value? <laughs> what in the hell happened, Dan? What has happened here? I'm horse. Mm. I'm a horse. That? Humanity I'm a, horse. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a pony. I'm a little horse. Man. Little horse. <sighs> Jesus. Anyway, so now I want to talk to you about blood. <sighs> you know, just throw out all of that that you want. You know, edit for content. I say. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'll, this show will never. <laughs> that's good. That's that's actually that's actually a relief to me. Um, let's button this up. Okay. All right. I love you. Love you too, Merlin man.